I'm Afshin Ratansi, and welcome back to Going Underground, broadcasting all around the world from the UAE. Imran Khan has twice been on this show since Going Underground moved to the UAE. In those interviews banned by YouTube and available on Rumble, the overthrown Prime Minister of nuclear-armed Pakistan reiterated his evidence for the U.S. role in destabilizing his country. Now jailed along with his wife, his party's official symbol even banned, his party members persecuted, killed and arrested, his cause still secured the most seats in last week's elections. So will they kill Pakistan's most popular politician, the man who opposed CIA drone strikes from his country and who opposed NATO sanctions? on Russia. Joining me now from Islamabad is Shandana Gulzar, the PTI's Joint Secretary and member of Pakistan's National Assembly. Thank you so much for uh, coming on the show. I better start by saying, even amidst the catastrophes in Gaza, in this uh, region, uh, what's happening in Pakistan is clearly being watched uh, all around the world. Congratulations. How did you win a seat as an independent with a majority of over 50,000 given what we heard about the persecution uh, by the Pakistani authorities of opposition candidates at the parliamentary elections in Pakistan? The persecution started uh, well before the election. The persecution started as early as uh, June 2022. In my case, I was falsely implicated in a number of uh, different uh, FIRs, as we call them, or, or legal cases, criminal cases against me, civil cases against me. Uh, the idea being that I would uh, shift loyalties uh, to from Imran Khan to anybody else. And of course, there was also before the vote of no confidence, which was orchestrated by um, uh, foreign forces, let's put it that way. Uh, even before that, we were offered money, we were offered bribes, we were offered ministries. It, it was quite an exercise in, in, in um, disgust in some sense, because you never hear of American or British senators or congressmen or members of House of the Commons selling out. But the fact that we were being treated like a horse and cattle show was not palatable, neither then nor now. But it just shows the kind of opinion uh, that the world has of this part of us, the third world, as they call, call us, or or Muslims or Browns or Arabs, or I, I don't know, whatever category they tend to put us into. Uh, it, it, it's... It, it's not a good place to be right now. So you're an independent, that, though. But you're an independent, uh, but you're, you're an independent, but you're with the PTI. How does it work? I'm you're not allowed to tell me you're in the PTI. So what happened was that um, uh, they removed, uh, what, two days before the election, our electoral symbol was taken away from us. And given this is a country which has more than 40% illiteracy, you can imagine how people would have felt. They were used to the cricket bat sign being associated with Imran Khan and with the Pakistan Tehreek-e Insaf. But since that sign was taken away, the willingness and the power of the people, that has been simply amazing. 80% of the electorate turned up, but their votes were wasted. That's a different story and a different question. I'll get to that later. But the people in particular from my area, I got a 60,000 lead, which was a quadruple lead over my nearest uh, rival. Out of a total of 132,000 votes, uh, I managed to secure 80,000. And this is coming from an area which is tribal, which is religious, which is traditional which no, normally don't even allow children, girls, to go to school or to possess telephones. And yet, yet they voted for me because I stand for Imran Khan. So this just tells you the kind of love that the people of Pakistan have for this man. And it's for three simple reasons. He worried about their health, he worried about their jobs, and he provided them schools. Three things that every human being deserves. So regardless of the rhetoric you hear against him in pretty much all the uh, mainstream media out there, and I'm ashamed to say that even uh, journalists from Pakistan who can't even speak English were made guest speakers 
in big magazines and newspapers like the Financial Times and the New York Times. So th there was a whole conspiracy against him. And the idea was that let's not have more independent countries or independent-minded countries. There was a very interesting article by an American author uh, saying the day that I was abducted uh, and therefore thereafter went to jail, the idea was that we like our servants to be servile. So if the beginning point is that you see a Pakistani as a servant or the Pakistani prime minister, elected prime minister as a servant, or a country of 250 million people as your personal fiefdom, then you can just imagine what they think about the rest of us. And how does it work then? Because those same NATO nation media, arguable propagandists, quickly said whilst the PTI, Imran Khan's uh, movement, won the most seats, they don't stand a chance. Uh, I mean, how many, how many uh, votes did the opposition, how many votes did the incumbents get? How is it possible that Nawaz Sharif, pictures of him are, going, are shown as the next prime minister? Should it be you? I think we are uh, living in a fool's paradise at, at best and in a very um, dangerous scenario at worst. Uh, the country at this point is like a tinderbox. The inflation has reached uh, epic proportions for the first time in 76 years of Pakistan's history. People are out of jobs. People are leaving the country. People are dying on these uh, you know, dinghy boards trying to make their way to Europe, paying tiny amounts of money or large amounts of money to uh, human traffickers and losing their lives. Last year, we lost 350 people in one such accident. We've lost our uh, working class people, as we call them, or, 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 the, uh, or our techies and our doctors and our engineers and our nurses. Nearly 700,000 people left uh, last year alone. The kind of crackdown that we've witnessed against women, children, minorities, uh, the differently abled, it, it's been horrific, the murders thereof. So now, when Mr. Nawaz Sharif decides that he wants the people to love him as he questions often in his own tiny little uh, meetings, uh, corner meetings as we call them, he has gained only 17 seats in all of Punjab, which was supposed to be his stronghold. He never had a stronghold in Sindh or KP or Balochistan. And now, in the middle of the night, once we received and delivered our results to the presiding officers' offices, when they couldn't change the results received, they changed the results that were being given out. They did something very disingenuous. They added zeros to the back of the number. So if Nawaz Sharif received 125 votes, they made it 125,000 votes. That's how, I'm sorry to say, slapstick comedy errors have been committed in Pakistan. He thinks he's going to be prime minister. He knows he's not going to be the prime minister. And in your next question, which I'm sure is coming soon, we're going to discuss with you the kind of ridiculous propositions that are being hurled at PTI, Pakistan, Tehreek, and Saf. So there can't be, even though you've got the most votes uh, and the biggest parliamentary uh, number of votes of any party, there's no way that you'll be able Absolutely. to be in control of the parliament. I mean, I should just say that, obviously, in, no, the, in the United States, uh, you said earlier that uh, bribes and so on don't go on. They, they believe me, they, they do. And um, clearly, no, they do. clearly, clearly, in the United but States, the leading opposition... Overturning the parliament. But clearly, the leading opposition leader in the United States is being threatened with jail, and Britain has a leader that wasn't elected by the popular voter at all. But just, uh, just tell me why, why there is no way that the party that got the most votes in Pakistan's parliament can never be the party with the majority, technically, in Pakistan's parliament? No, I'm not saying never at all. I'm saying there are pressure tactics being used right now to beat the people into submission. Because the thing is, I'm a loyalist to Khan, I'm a loyalist to Pakistan. 
if I don't become an elected member of parliament, I will be adjusted somewhere in some policy position. The point is the mandate of the people has been robbed. And as I said earlier, the idea is that Pakistani people, because Pakistani parliamentarians sell out for as little as a million dollars or two million dollars and sell the uh, will and mandate of their people, therefore, the people who voted for them must also be equally corrupt and uh, equally directionless. That is not true. For the first time in the history of Pakistan, the people, the ordinary people of Pakistan, the dispossessed, the poor, they have come out and voted in record numbers, regardless of all the difficulties, including life threats that were facing them, attacks on their homes by police, uh, people being incarcerated, military trials, 13, over 13,000 young men and women in jails right now, simply because they stand by Khan. Our leader, who has 200 cases against him, the most ridiculous one being decided, and one, I must say one of the most shameful cases which was decided against him recently, that he and his wife are not legally married. And for that, they used evidence by the ex-husband from whom she was legally divorced. And there are witnesses to that. There are documents attesting to that. But he changes he changed his statement in court, and so did his male servant. And this is a black mark on Pakistan's history, on women's rights and legal rights, and not a single self-respecting NGO, whether Pakistani or global, has spoken up, spoken out about it in louder, loud enough terms. Everybody gave a piecemeal statement, oh, we object, oh, we object. But this has been the sort of pre-Islamic history of the way women used to be treated. Uh, women were essentially cattle. And the world has come back down to that. And nobody, everybody talks about Mahsa Amini. Every talks, everybody talks about Afghan women not going to schools and Afghan girls not uh, going to schools. But nobody's talking about what has been done to the Pakistani woman. It's disgusting. But let me come back to your main question. You said that why is it that we couldn't be in power since we won? We will be one way or the other. This I can assure you. Things are not going to be easy in the next couple of months because the Sharifs and the Zardaris and the other uh, corrupt dynasties have uh, changed one law after the other to cover up all their corruption cases, to get themselves different sort of amnesties. They gave themselves amnesties from corruption. They've given themselves a future amnesty as well, that if you steal less than, uh, I think it's $3 million, as a politician, you can't go to jail. So they've given themselves all kind of uh, get-out-of-jail-free passes. The public is simply not accepting it anymore. They don't see why certain corrupt family dynasties should rule the country. We as PTI are being offered two options. One, form a coalition with the corrupt, so in some sense we lose our moral ground. Or that Khan should be pardoned by the president uh, in criminal cases so that Khan comes out, but he comes out with a reputation which is dirty. Or thirdly, we sit in the opposition, an opposition that will be abused for another five years. None of those is palatable to us. So what we're trying to do now we want a simple resolution. We don't want our country to fail. We want this country to succeed. Despite everything they've done to us, we want this country to succeed. So we will be requesting all the presiding officers to swear an oath on the Quran by the honor of the Quran and the honor of Allah, put their hand on it for public. We'll be there. The media will be there. Everybody will be there. And they will swear that not a single result or a vote was changed or tampered with. And in that situation, we're willing to accept our defeat. We're willing to accept to sit in the opposition and do whatever has to be done for this country. But short of that, we will not settle for anything. There has to be a legitimate recount of all the seats we've won. More than 80 seats that we won were overturned overnight. And we have proof and evidence that this was done. They, of course, deny any negotiations are ongoing as regards uh, uh, corruption or uh, failures at, at the election. Just quickly, this caretaker PM who came into power uh, after Imran Khan was uh, deposed, Anwarul Haqqaqar, who, who is he? 
I mean, is he out again? And did he have connections to U.S. vested interests, given that it was uh, Imran Khan on this show who explained that his overthrow was uh, catalyzed in part by um, Washington? So, so Anwarul Haqqaqar, I knew him as a senator in um, when, when we were uh, colleagues. I was in the National Assembly. He was in the Senate. Uh, we've had fairly candid conversations prior to him becoming the prime minister, prior to me going to jail. So unfortunately, I can't repeat those. Uh, I wish I could. Uh, but anyways, uh, I don't know what connection he has with the US, if any. But suffice it to say, he used to be a man of principle. Now, with the kind of statements he makes as a caretaker prime minister, where, wherein his only mandate is to ensure a free and fair election, it makes one wonder. Um, if he's even aware of his constitutional responsibility. But beyond that, I should not like to say anything, because unfortunately, I've known him in the past, uh, called him a friend, and so it's difficult to reveal anything said in confidence. Shandana Goza, I'll stop you there. More from the PTI's Joint Secretary and Member of Pakistan's National Assembly after this break. Welcome back to Going Underground. I'm still here with Shandana Gulzar, the PTI's Joint Secretary and member of Pakistan's National Assembly. Shandana, we were talking uh, earlier in part uh, one about uh, Kakar, the, care the caretaker uh, prime minister. You were also alleging uh, offers of bribes and, and corruption. Is it also your understanding that uh, there was... Def there, I mean, you were, you were in the International Human Rights Group in uh, Washington and the UN Development Programme. You know about Washington. Did the IMF, was there a de facto deal, quid pro quo with the IMF bailouts for getting rid of uh, Imran Khan? I don't know if, it, if that was so, because if, if there were deals with the IMF to get rid of Imran Khan, they would have given us far more than the uh, one uh, measly billion dollar that they gave to the PDM government, Shahbaz Sharif's government. If the IMF involvement were direct, then I'm sure we would have received a lot of money like Ukraine did for going against Russia. Uh, but uh, I know that the, the, the cipher story, everybody knows uh, the cipher that uh, Mr. Doran Lu sent to Pakistan, to, uh, that our ambassador sent to Pakistan, Mr. Asad Majid, the discussion they had, and the kind of absolutely intolerable discussion on the removal of a democratically elect elected prime minister simply because the current Biden administration doesn't like him. And I really want to clarify at this point in time, that nobody here is anti-American. No one here is anti-European. Nobody, I mean, our people are sitting there, our families are sitting there, our relatives are sitting there, they're earning a decent living. Our problem is with the fact that the State Department under Biden administration decided, look at their horrific examples, look at what they're doing in Palestine, look at what they've done um, in Ukraine. I feel that as an aging and uh, somebody who is mentally uh, uh, not up to the mark, up to the job, um, Mr. Biden's administration decided to meddle in Pakistan's affairs. And they did it. They did such a clumsy job that they've left tracks everywhere. Everybody knows that it was the American orders which removed a democratically elected prime minister and slush funds which came to Pakistan and they bought our parliamentarians. I think that's a rather sickening slap on the face of American democracy and the decent, hardworking people that make up the American diaspora who would never sanction what Mr. Biden did. So I think it's not a country problem. It's an administrative problem. And they've made some rather large blunders. Everybody knows about it. Khan is involved typically in a fake cipher case as well right now. Uh, I was abducted and the, the, my abductors or 
post-abduction, I was told while I was in prison that uh, the only reason I was in prison is that I was giving in interviews to international media outlets and two embassies in Islamabad were none too pleased. Um, I myself was approached by a particular embassy and I've never revealed the details of the ambassador or the embassy. And we had a fairly frank and candid discussion on how it would be best for me to either shift to Benazir Bhutto's dynasty or to Nawaz Sharif's dynasty. And which I, of course, would not accept. And coming from a foreigner uh, who, who was a friend at the time, somebody I respected, but it was, it was quite demeaning because I said, this is what imperialists do. Imperialists to stay in power, they will do anything. But why did Pakistan sell out? Why did Pakistanis sell out? I can't blame other people. I only blame my own. But of course, what may surprise some people in the Global South who sympathize with Imran Khan is how quickly, it's not just the State Department, Anthony Blinken, who, uh, of course, is saying it's too early to say about the election and hasn't really commented uh, about the um, uh, alleged persecution and uh, vote rigging uh, that's occurred in, in the elections. Uh, Raisi of Iran, Putin of Russia, Xi Jinping, They've been meeting with officials that have, uh, are part of the, I suppose, coup government of Pakistan, as you would uh, describe them. Why is it you're not getting more support from... Uh, it was, of course, uh, Imran Khan in Moscow when the events uh, began uh, against him and, and overthrew him. Why is it Putin, Xi Jinping, Iran, they're, they're talking to uh, uh, the new coup government? They, they don't seem overly concerned about Imran Khan's situation. I think I've seen the sad reality of today's economic world. We, we don't live in diplomatic times other than the current uh, trauma that is happening in Gaza and the trauma that is unfolding in Palestine, where the neo-colonialism still lives and Europeans are ruling Palestine. And Europeans have decided that this is their home because it was promised to them 2,000 years ago. The Europeans that, that didn't even bother reading their own book while they lived in Europe and suddenly discovered they were uh, of a separate faith uh, when they moved to Palestine and the NAPCA happened and the kind of trauma that Palestine has been suffering since 1947. I think the world has become essentially economically polarized. So regardless of what Narendra Modi does in India to Muslims or to Dalits or to Christians or to the burning of churches, nobody will take note in Western capitals because it's an economic partner. So the world has become quite... Uh, amoral, immoral, where money is concerned. And so where the money flows, the concern will go. In Pakistan, we're a poor country, made poorer in the last two years by the sickening coalition of the thieves, as we call it, uh, Alibaba and his 40 thieves. So, of course, if our own don't care, why would a foreign country care to intervene? And not every other country is like Donald Lu's administration, Biden administration, that they would choose to destabilize Pakistan. We are sleeping in the bed that we made for ourselves. And that is the scary part, that the Pakistani public is suffering, the Pakistani average person is suffering, the average Joe is suffering. Why should China care? Why should Putin care if Pakistanis don't care about themselves? Of course, they would care. And I should just say that, uh, and I said this to your leader, Imran Khan, that the corruption did continue under his leadership as well. They would care if, and the Russians, uh, <clears throat> they've said that they were attacked by Pakistani-made drones. Uh, flown from Ukraine, but they really would, really would care if it's true that in any way these dynasties that you uh, uh, describe as a terrible impact on Pakistani society were in any way related to uh, the genocide in Gaza as regards arming Israel. Isn't that what uh, PTI needs I evidence of? I think that would be horrific for me as a Pakistani, for a, as a Muslim, 
that if in any way Pakistan was aiding or abetting the Israeli cause, the, the, the not the Israeli cause, let's say the Zionist cause of genocide of Muslims, the genocide of Palestinians, the genocide of Gaza and Rafah, if any Pakistani individual, politician or otherwise, was found to be complicit, I think that's the end of the world as I know it. Uh, I could not imagine genocide for anybody, whether they be Muslim, Christian, Jewish, Rwandans, anybody. So I think if... Well, clearly, well, clearly any, Britain, if, the European Union and the United States are arming this uh, plausible genocide. Absolutely. But is there I, any I evidence? Because the, the leadership in Sorry? Pakistan, the, the, uh, the illegitimate rulers of your country, as you would call them, say it is a Holocaust caused by Israel. Of course it's a Holocaust. The entire world is saying it's a Holocaust. It's just the, if, if I may use the, uh, the, the, uh, the, how do you say, the four segue, that it's the hollow leaders of the G20 which are valiantly defending an idea whose time has expired. Israel was not meant to be what it is today. Yes, but, the Jews but that of course, escaped, your leader, sorry to interrupt, your leader said that the United States was pressuring Pakistan to normalize relations with Israel. We know they're pressuring Saudi Arabia to normalize with Israel. What do you think are the chances of normalization with Israel if you've got an Ill illegitimate uh, government in Islamabad that's backed by Washington? I think given the ICG's verdict, weak as it may be in terms of implementation, uh, the South African case brought against Israel and the other cases that are coming forth now at the ICJ for complicity in the genocide against all these other countries, I think that's going to teach people lessons for a lifetime to come uh, at the expense of the poor Palestinians. May Allah bless them all. But interestingly, as you said, I think this is going to be a big blowback for everyone because should Pakistan decide to normalize relations with Israel now, given that they are behind a genocide, which country in its right mind would normalize relations with Israel? Many uh, Latin American countries have called their ambassadors back, short of severing ties with them, simply because how can anyone shake hands with a genocidal maniac, whether it's Netanyahu or Biden? I mean, in the US, they're calling him genocide Joe. It's not in Pakistan that it's happening. You have Jews against genocide. It's not in our name. You have different rabbis, different uh, Torah Jews. All over the world, Jews are coming out and speaking against what is happening to the Palestinians. So if the Jews, the actual Jews, are condemning what is happening in their name, how could any nation state normalize relationship with Israel? Khan was ahead of his time. He always understood things before they happened. And this is one of the reasons he was removed, because he wanted change, change not just for Pakistan. He wanted peace in the region. He wanted peace in Kashmir. He wanted peace in Afghanistan. Why should Afghanistan and Pakistan be cannon fodder for anyone till when? And let me show you... Clearly, you're not, not expecting the Sharifs... You're not expecting the Sharifs or uh, Zadaris to do anything different to what Imran Khan would have done if he was still Prime Minister. I just... Actually, we're talking about Afghanistan. Documents in the past few uh, weeks, really, were declassified by the CIA that explained the Carter administration proved that all those terror attacks that anyone over the, a certain age in Pakistan would have remembered from Afghanistan were funded by the United States. Uh, of course, in the run-up to the U.S. backing uh, what would then be al-Qaeda. Do Pakistanis care or is illiteracy education, despite the time that uh, when Imran Khan was uh, premier in terms of educational funding, do they understand that their country has, uh, well, according to these documents, been, there's been mass killing for decades because of Washington funding of uh, Islamist, uh, of terrorism in your country from Afghanistan?
I think at this point, the entire world now knows who created ISIS, who funded the original Hamas, Israel itself. I think the entire world now knows that what has been the imperial policy in the entire region, in the entire world, I mean, Latin America, nobody's forgotten the, the, the colonization of Africa, the trauma of the Congo. I think at this point in time, the world has realized that the, the colonizers have destroyed the world methodically, systematically. There is a greed problem. It's not that they're evil or, or that we're weak. There's a greed problem. Money talks. So whatever necessary to secure a better lifetime for themselves has been done. And you can see this, what happened to the Aborigines in Australia and New Zealand, what happened to the natives in the United States and Canada. Uh, it's no surprise. The fact that it's happening in this century was the only surprise that we thought we were over imperialism. We, we, we were over wars. We were over uh, genocides. Clearly, we're not. Clearly, we didn't learn our lessons from the Jewish Holocaust. Uh, clearly, we didn't learn our lessons from Stalin or Pol Pot or anybody else for that matter. In Pakistan, if Pakistan has chosen to be a proxy uh, or a, a vassal state of the US or any other country, then the fault falls on us. I keep on saying, you'll never hear an American senator selling out to a Pakistani congressman. You may see uh, incidents of corruption within the US or the UK or Germany, but they would not be tied to a third world country, Pakistan. But when it comes to these countries, they know how to take care of their people. And for that, I envy them. Well, uh, there's been an election in Indonesia, the largest Muslim country population-wise, and people are worried about that, of course. But I better finally just ask you what the health of Imran Khan is, uh, finally. Uh, is he actually safer after this result? Because they really don't want to make him a martyr, now knowing the power of Imran Khan, even when he's in jail. I think people have understood the power of Pakistan for the first time. It's an alarming wake-up call for the, as I say, the foreign forces. They've finally seen that Pakistan, the people, they have pride, they have dignity. They may not have money, but they're very rich in honor. They're very rich in moral values. So we will take a stand for our country, and we will take a peaceful stand. We never raised any arms or our hands or any sort of self-defense on the 25th of May 2022, on 9th of May 2023, which was the biggest uh, false flag operation in Pakistan. Dozens of our workers were... But how is he now? Sorry, people. we're running out of time. How, how is he now? Is he Khan okay? Is fine. Khan is stronger than ever. His morale, his strength, his valor, his commitment to Pakistan. He keeps on getting death threats. He keeps on getting every kind of threat. And he has zero fear. So Alhamdulillah, we're a lucky country, we're a blessed country. We have a man like him who's genuine to his people and genuine to his country. Shandana Gozar, thank you. Thank you. And that's it for the show. Our continued condolences to those surviving the killing in Gaza. We'll be back on Monday with historian and Oxford University professor emeritus Avi Schleim to discuss Washington's complicity in Israel's war on Gaza. Until then, keep in touch via all our social media. If it's not censored in your country, and head to our channel, Going Underground TV on Rumble.com to watch new and old episodes of Going Underground. See you Monday.